Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Ringmaster on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that create relationships, generate revenue, and drive growth. Ringmasterlive.com. Bam. Oh my goodness, we're doing this and I may sound a little bit different. I might look a little bit different if you're on YouTube watching. Hello from an actual studio. I'm so excited to introduce the guy to my right over here. Um, he is an absolute hero in the business world. He's an entrepreneur, a business owner. He is a marketer and the kind of marketer that rolls up their sleeves and gets to work and we're going to learn a lot from him. Uh, he's also the ultimate cigar expert. So we will be smoking cigars during this podcast because it is the hardcore marketing show. So why not? He is the author of the book, David versus Goliath, How to Compete and Beat the Online Giant, host of the Cigar Authority, founder of Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, which is where we're at today. And I will say a big shout out and a thank you for that. Owner, founder, president at Two Guys Cigars, Dave Garofalo, welcome, sir. Hello. It's an honor to be here, although my office is right over there. I know. But an honor to have you here. Yes. I can't believe it. We made this happen. We've been talking about this for a while. We're both New Hampshire guys. Why not? Why not, yes. right? Yes. Who knew the center of the podcasting world was in New Hampshire? That's right. That's right. So I want to get this thing started. Uh, there's so much knowledge to break out of your head can we just get into this? But first, I need to pass you something. Oh, here it comes. All right. It, gonna, it's heavy. I need two hands for this. Put my cigar I brought down. it with me. It's over here. Ugh. Okay. Oh, God. Here it is. Thor's hammer. You got it? Wow. It's, it's heavier in person. It is heavier in person. All right. Take Thor's hammer for, for me and smash some marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Set the record straight once and for all. You cannot compete against the online giants. It's not true. And I've heard it from so many entrepreneurs, business owners, brick-and-mortar business owners, that they can't compete against the big guy. And it, they could both be online guys, too, but you can't compete against the big giant ones. And the fact of the matter is you can compete. You can actually beat them. There's ways around it. The answer is you can't do what they do best. Wow. You can't compete against them if you do what they do best. You have to do what they do worst, right? <laughs> or what they can't possibly do. So I, am a, I have an online presence also, but I am truly a brick-and-mortar guy my whole life. I'm an entrepreneur my whole life. And um, when online started coming in, I quickly decided, okay, what can't they do? Because I used to boast... We have the best selection and the best prices. Okay. The fact of the matter is nobody has the best selection and best prices anymore because it's a worldwide economy. Somebody's selling, no matter what product you have, yeah. one of those things cheaper somewhere. Everyone says that, right? They always are the best, number one. And, and they can't be It's right. because everything is online. So you are not the best in price and you are not the best in selection because the whole world is out there a click away. Got your competitor it. is not the guy down the street. It's one click away. That's how close your competitor is. So you have to figure out ways of being better than them. And there's lots and lots of them. Customer service and knowing the, the person when they come in. Um, you know you, That doesn't happen online. Mm -hmm. And is there a value to it? There certainly is because I've been growing my business now for 37 years and we grow every single year 
year, and the competition gets more brutal and more brutal out there, and there's somebody out there cheaper and better selection than me, but I can beat them, and I have been beating them. Love this. Yeah. And, and what I love about this, too, is we have practical examples, and we have a lot of people listening that are selling businesses to businesses, right? Yeah. But we also have our B2C friends selling to consumers, and I think we can all learn from each other. What I love about this is that in this particular model, we're selling cigars, and you get a very quick feedback loop of, is this working or not, right? Sure. And so we can all learn from what's working, what's not working. But let me take you back to that thought you said, don't do what they do best, do what they do worst. Right. Love that. How do you figure out what they're terrible at? We're all consumers, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you look at Amazon, for instance, and the product comes in damaged, or you got the wrong <laughs> product of what it is. Dirty so, clothes. Yeah. It's the e worst. Everything that possibly happens that go wrong, so you make sure as a brick and mortar that the person before they leave has everything they need to have a perfect experience, the best experience that could possibly happen. And that includes what may appear to be upselling, but in, in the case of a cigar, they Came in, they said, I need four cigars, I'm going golfing. Somebody told me to go pick them up here, this is the one I want. Here's the four cigars he wants, here they are, and now the questions happen to try to make them have a great experience. So, you're going golfing today, yes. You're going to need a lighter and a cutter, do you have one on you? Great. No, I don't. Do I need that? Yes, you do. Yes. Let me show you some <laughs> examples. Here's a low-end, medium, high-end, and the, the low-end is just fine, but you're going to actually need this to actually have an experience. Can you imagine going golfing, and you have four torpedoes that you brought, nobody has a cutter, nobody and everybody's cutter. trying to bite the end of it or trying to make it work? It's ruined. It the cigar work. will be ruined. Just screwed it up. Then everybody's trying to sit around lighting the cigar, and because nobody bought a lighter with them... Everybody's standing around. One person has a match. There's four people trying to do it while the guy's burning his hand. Matches, the whole yeah. experience <laughs> gets ruined because somebody didn't ask the question to make sure the experience is going to be perfect. Well, that doesn't happen online. You're going to make your purchase. Just think of um, you buy a gift for some um, little boy. It's his sure. birthday, and you show up at his birthday party, and here's the, the little, little car thing that he wanted to have, and it takes batteries. And you don't mm. have the decency to bring the batteries, and the mother and father don't have the batteries, and then the little boy starts crying. You brought him a gift to make him happy, and now the little boy's crying because nobody helped you and told you you're going to need batteries for right. that. Right. So this is what we try to do is make the experience the best that can possibly happen. And later on, they come in, and they say thank you that the experience became unbelievable. And that experience starts from walking in the store and say, hi, Casey, how are you? How was your weekend? Well, you're not going to get that online, and make sure you have everything before you end up leaving. Or, you know, I put this aside for you. This new thing came in. I thought you might like it. Are you interested? Hmm. And, you know, in, in training my sales staff, I even have to say to them, I said, it looks like you're trying to sell this person something. But, no, you're just offering opportunity to them to see it. And what will end up happening is business will grow. They'll end up telling their friends about how great the customer service is in there. Right. Customer service, for the most part, is terrible right now. Yeah. Everywhere you go, you go get a cup of coffee and customer service is terrible. And they got their tip jar out and it's terrible to ensure prompt service, the opposite of what's going on in the world. If you are a brick and mortar and you turn it up one notch, you will look today like a superstar. Before, 
back in the day, you had to do unbelievable things to shine. Right. Nowadays, all you got to do is Just polish it a teeny bit. The bar bit. is low, right? It the bar is. is low, yeah. It is. Hey, so, you get that overnight shipping, but don't worry. Every, someone already wore those clothes. I have yeah, got stains in them, and now you got to return them, which is also a pain in the ass. In brick-and-mortar stores, yeah. there is no charge for shipping. There is no shipping charge because there is no shipping going on. You leave with it, and it's immediate satisfaction. Immediate delivery. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so there's so much of it. Yeah. Uh, th- what's great about this too is we can all draw parallels. Like, who is the big guy, right? We, who, you know, for those listening, who is the the Goliath? Who is that giant monster competitor? And and maybe they're an online store, maybe they're a, the local store. But really, you know, it gets my mind thinking. Like, who is that competitor to me? And then and then starting to look at their process. Yes. Do you have a way of observing? Let's say, like, for those listening, they they've got their Goliath pictured in their mind, and they probably talk about him all the time at sure. work. Sure. How do you start picking that apart? Do you go shop that experience? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you have to know going in. So you have to be a secret shopper. And some people do it to their own businesses, secret shop their own businesses. But Smart. secret shop your competitors and see what it is. And why would somebody want to buy from you instead of them? Right. And if you don't have an answer to that, why they wouldn't do it, now you have to find that you have to start ramping up. You have to have a reason for them to come to you as opposed to some, someone else. And as a brick-and-mortar cigar retailer, I'm pulling in from four states. So my customers are actually driving by lots of my competitors extra just to come to me. And there's a reason for it, and I know what they're not doing. Hmm. And I know what I'm doing. I'm doing what they're not doing, and especially the online um, component to what it are they also. not doing what's a classic faux pas of your competitor is they don't have the inventory so in back in the old no days it, it used to be um okay i don't have it right now but i'll have it in about three or four days i'll call you back when it's in i'll get it so, for you yeah instant gratification so the accountant always tells me wow you're not you don't have enough turns right you, you know they want you to turn this more up more often but totally. i need customer service to my to my customer so my cost of goods can be pushed aside, and I have to say, no, I have to have it for them. So say it's a box of cigars, and this guy usually comes in once a month and gets his box of cigars. Well, it turns out he's going away for two months. So he comes in and says, yeah, I'm going to get but I'm, I'm going to get my box of cigars I normally get, but I'm going away for a couple of months, so can I get three? <laughs> well, do you have three? Do you have three? And boy, I hope I have three, and then I go into the humidor and I have three. And you have to have three right now because he's going away. Correct. Or yeah. I come out with four, and I say, yes, I do have the three. I actually have four left. I have four left. <laughs> and the guy says, I'll take the fourth uh, one also. Why and not? I, and I grew the business 25% right. on that customer alone. Right. Do you need a letter of cutter with that? Yes, I do. Okay, and then there's an add-on to end right. up happening there. But it's, right. it's not a, in a bad way because, yes, he does. He's going away. Is he going to need a lighter cutter because he's going to go away? Right. You're going to need a travel humidor. Do you need this? At that moment, you try to think, what is this guy going to need? And then when he gets there, he's going to say, oh, I should have got this. I should have got that. Let me do that in advance. When I first got these glasses, I didn't have glasses before. Sharp, by the way. Thank you. Glasses. So I got glasses and... They taught me, you know, they're um, what, what, progressive. Oh, you know, so, it's, so you can like I can see close and close I see far and away and everything because it's all like magic. So as you as you get my age, things start going wrong. <laughs> and I get the glasses and I come home and I say, "Wow, look!" And I can see much better now. And uh, my wife says to me, "Well, uh, you got fingerprints all over your glasses." And I said, "Oh, okay." And I go grab a paper towel and she says, "No, you're not supposed to do that." 
Yeah. And I said, well, what am I supposed to do? She said, you got to have one of those fiber gl- things. Didn't they have it at the eyeglass store? It was a little said, like fancy cloths, right? Yes. Yeah. So I said, I don't know. I said, uh, I'll stop by there tomorrow. So I go there tomorrow, and I drive all the way there, and I said, do you have those fancy cloths? Because I got all uh, fingerprints over the glass. I was here yesterday. I got brand new glasses. I never had glasses before. And they said, yeah, here they are. And they said, no, you can have them. And they just mm. gave them to me. And I said, well, I, I wish you'd charge me $5 for those so I didn't have to drive home and drive all the way back here True. instead of um, not telling me I needed them. Is True. there anything else I need? And they said, nope. And then mm. months go by, <laughs> and it starts getting a little loose over here. Yeah, they'll screw, right? They'll, yeah. So I mm-hmm. said, oh, my glasses are getting uh, loose. I, I bring them to them, and they say, oh, you need one of those little kits. And you, it has a little screwdriver, and you can tighten it. And I said, wow. okay, how much is that? And they said, $5. I gave her $5. I said, is there anything else I need God. so that I don't keep coming back here? No, no, you're all set. But there was terrible customer service there. Yeah. And they, they gave it for free, which is nice. I would have rather paid. They, you could have paid, and they could have given come it back. to you for free. Yes, when or you gave it to me for free there. But give me everything I need to have a good experience right. with this brand new thing, eyeglasses. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for the batteries, and the same goes for the lighter and cutter for a cigar. Right. Whatever business that you're in, make sure that if you're selling birthday cakes, you got birthday candles. Because all of a sudden you got the birthday cake, and it's, oh, did you bring candles? Oh, I didn't, because the guy didn't say, oh, we have candles here. And the, the store could have made money on the candles, and they would have had a better experience mm-hmm. than would have had there. And it goes on and on from the, you know, go to the barber, and it, right. he's, he doesn't have combs, or he doesn't have a brush, or he doesn't have the, the gel that goes in your hair, and you got to go search it out because he put it on there. It's great. Now the next day, you, you shampoo, and you say, oh, I wish I had that gel. And they go back and you say, do you sell that gel? And he goes, yeah, I have it right here. I go, why didn't you sell it to me yesterday? Yeah. Why didn't you do it? Yeah. And I scratch my head. I wonder why. And now that I'm saying it and the entrepreneurs that are out there, think about it. What does the customer need to have a great experience and sell it to them? Make more money doing it and make them happier at the same time. Imagine what a win-win situation that is. You sell more, you make more, and you make the customer happy. There's the, the trifecta right there. Right. And what's, what's crazy is, you know, whether you're selling something physical or online or you're selling software even, what are those things that your customer is going to need yes. next week? Okay, they bought your really expensive app online. What, what roadblock are they going to run into next week? You know they're going to hit something. It could be just mental. Yep. What can you give them or send them? Or you're launching a podcast. Here's a microphone, right? Don't go get your own. You're right. You know, here, here's the right one. Or maybe the microphone has no yeah. cord. There's no cord for the There's microphone because no they didn't sell the cord. Oh, my God. How oh, about the, the windscreen that's on there? Oh, right. we sell the windscreen, too. Right. You're not even going to mention that I could use a windscreen. The popping happens. Wish I had a windscreen. Oh, here's the windscreen. I'll sell it to you later. Totally. And, you know, in marketing, more and more these days owns everything. They own the customer experience. They're thinking about, they should be thinking about this. And, and it's so easy to just take a second, to take a step back for the marketers listening to this right now to think, what are the things that are going to make my people successful? Yes. And not just convert that lead at the very beginning, but also see that that relationship grows. And, you know, the people within you, if you're, if you're the owner of the company, to sit with your own staff and have this meeting with them yeah. and say, okay, how can we improve customer service? What does your 
a customer need. And everybody starts chatting. Out of nowhere is this new person or something because they, they don't, you know, they haven't had the blinders on all this time. And they end up saying, well, wouldn't it be nice if they ended up having this? Oh, my God, some right. unbelievable ideas that come out of right. the, the oddest person that you would never think. And then it becomes something. And, okay, hmm. let's start incorporating this. And you start looking at each and every product you have. What's the add-on? What's something that we can we can service the customer better? And most likely, it's, it's a saleable item. If Believe me, if it's give that cloth away, um, well, maybe you put the name of the eyeglass, comp- eyeglass store yeah. on the cloth at mm-hmm. that point, and then I'm going to remember uh, when a couple of years go by and I need a new prescription for my glasses that this was the place because they gave me the cloth for it yeah. at the very least. Give right? me 20 cloths. So right. Who, you know. Five dollars of that next, you know, three hundred dollar pair of glasses sure. or whatever it might be. Tell me about. You mentioned this earlier. You were talking to your team about the idea of selling versus helping. How do you? Because I think sometimes we get nervous, especially yes. marketers, not sales, but marketing. How do we? How do we walk that edge where we're trying to help, but we don't want to be perceived as selling, or maybe we are selling, but you know, we don't want to be that that car salesman. Right, and and that and that's usually what ends up happening that. Employees sometimes feel like they're they're selling out of their own pocket, and that's not the case. You know, mm-hmm. you're dealing with a company and pay no attention to it. But if you really see a value added proposition to that product that's there, you explain the benefit to them, how that's going to solve the problem, right? And then it's up to them if they want to buy it. It's a very very soft sell. Of do you have a lighter or a cutter? And it's usually. Uh, 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 you know, somebody that's picking cigars up for the golf to, golf game um, is looking at you like, am I going to need that? So mm-hmm. you are going to need it because yeah. there's got to be a way that's got to be cut and light. Oh, my goodness, what should I end up going? And now we have, I have lighters from $10 to $1,000. They do have not a, need. Hold on a second, you have $1,000 lighter? lighters. What does that look like? SD DuPont, very nice. It's almost like men's jewelry or cigar smokers' uh, okay, jewelry. Okay. I we got some bling on that. We got, is yeah. It like, Gem encrusted. There we go. All right. And um, <laughs> truly, they're going golfing. They do not need the $1,000 lighter. Right. You'll probably lose it anyway. So here's where the customer service is coming in. And I say, here's a $10 lighter. Here's a $15 lighter. Here's a $1,000 lighter. You don't need the $1,000 lighter. Here's a $10 one. But you may want the $15 one because the tank is bigger. You're going to be outside. And actually, the flame, instead of turning... Um, like the color of a flame, it actually lights red. So you're going to be in golf and you go around all green and you can't see the flame and you don't want to burn yourself. It actually turns color, it turns red, and you're going to be able to see it out in the bright sunlight and all that stuff. Oh, good. Okay. Or the $10 one is fine. Yeah. But here's the benefit. you got Here's the benefit to the $15 one. Okay. And you know something? Here's a can of fuel. Mm-hmm. Because you have to refill it every once in a while, and it's five dollars. You can buy it now, or you can come back later and fill it up. But you should get. And one now you know where still. to get it. And yeah. here it is. So you, you're getting them bouncing back, possibly to you, because you, is, is the fuel, or he ends up buying the fuel on top of it. So again, value added. Here's the story, or and this is why you're getting this lighter instead of a disposable lighter. That once it's disposable, unfortunately, you're throwing throwing the whole thing away. And say the disposable one is a five dollar lighter. Well, it's one and done and that's it here's a ten dollar one it's refillable and you're going to have it for years man wait to be able to say that simple sentence of okay you you hear the different lighters by the way if you're going to be golfing it's sunny you're not going to see this thing you're going to be wondering you're going to be basically burning your cigar into ash in in front of everyone else yeah this one turns red that to me that says i know the product really well 
And I also know the customer use case. I know that you're going to be. I know your problem. I, well, I asked. I yeah. asked enough, and and I cared enough to know what you're going to be using it. If you're going to be in a dark basement, you know, or you're going to be at the Taj. Maybe here, here's your thousand dollar lighter. But otherwise, this is probably what I recommend. And we have we have eleven 1, hundred different cigars, and. It's a lot. Every cigar is the same. It's brown rolled up tobacco leaves. No, they're not all the same. And qualifying the customer and asking the question, certainly he should not be smoking the $40 cigar on the golf course outdoors, walking around, chomping on it as he's going from hole <laughs> to hole. He should sit with that and relax the atmosphere right. or something. So, you, And if he did, we would have the decency to say to him, you're going to be four people smoking outdoors, and this is what you're smoking. Yeah, I wonder if something really nice. Why don't you save this for the 19th hole when you're sitting down? Yeah. But get some outdoor cigars here. And Oh, yep. geez, you, you talked them out of the expensive cigar. I talked them out because I'm looking for lifetime value of a customer. Yeah. I want that customer to come back over and over and over for, for their lifetime, not a one-time sale. Right. You don't need that $40 as much as you'd love him to come be a lifetime right. customer. So if yeah. he's good for $5,000 a year and I hold him for 10 years, it's a $50,000 sale the first time they come in. Even mm -hmm. though they only spent $40, right. it's $50,000 is what this this guy could turn into turn into yeah. and if you look at every single person like that customer service will improve automatically because you're looking at that person that way and your sales will go up dramatically and you know and that goes for even if you're somebody taking uh, phone calls on because your business is just an online business yeah and Listen, it's different when somebody's just clicking a button and there's nobody there to help them. But if there's somebody there to help them and the person calls, that is opportunity knocking. Mm -hmm. The question is, are you answering when they knock like that? Right. And look at the possibility that could happen at this point. I could turn that person into lifetime. Right. Or do I just, you know, pawn them off real fast and say, it's that button right there. Okay, bye. No, this is the opportunity for you to make $50,000, not $40. Here's the opportunity. Take it. And I think a lot of marketers miss that, the, the customer lifetime value. That It's actually a larger number than we think. We've got we to oh, calculate God. it out. And you know, tr small transaction, big transaction, multiply that times the years they may be using that. And you say, oh, my God, this guy, maybe we should have someone answering the phone that – Knows what they're talking about. One of, one of the best pieces of information I ever heard, and this was from a competitor that told me this, and a very, very wealthy guy that had a yacht. And he took me to his yacht, and uh, he had the biggest, baddest yacht in the yacht club. Until one day, they towed in the new yacht that was coming in, and this was better than his yacht. <laughs> and he's telling me the story of this, and he said, this was the J-17. I saw it in the front cover of Yacht Magazine, all this stuff. And I go, oh, really? And he goes, so the next day, I see the guy sitting on the deck drinking a cup of coffee, smoking a cigar. And the guy's in the cigar business, that, my friend. Yeah. And he sees the guy smoking cigars. So that's, it's, by the way, it's a natural thing when you see one cigar smoker sees another cigar smoker. It's yeah. like, like a magnet. What are, you, what are you smoking? Right. Yeah, what are you? So he, yeah. he said, uh, welcome to the Yacht Club. And the guy says, oh, thanks so much. He says, you want to come on board? He said, yes, I do. And he goes, oh, my God, you got the J-17. I saw this in Yacht Magazine. And he's a really rich, rich guys. Yeah, yeah. And um, he says, yeah. He says, what do you think? And he says, this is unbelievable. It's beautiful. He says, that's mine down there. He goes, beautiful. He goes, it isn't like this. He says, if you, if you don't mind me asking, what do you do for a living? And the guy says, I'm a plumber. 
Wow. And he says, you're a plumber. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you must have one hell of a plumbing business. <laughs> and he says, well, I have a trick of the trade that my competitors don't know about. And uh, this is what bought me this yacht and this beautiful life that I have. And he goes, uh, do you want to know what the trick of the trade is? And he goes, like he's, he's turning his head from Hell left yeah, to right to, know. to say, uh, I'm going to tell you this big secret. He goes, yeah, what's the, what's the big secret? He says, when the, phone answer, when the phone rings, I answer it. And yeah. he goes, that's it? He goes, that's it. My competitors don't. And it's answering service or it goes to an answering machine, but I'm the only one that has a dedicated person all the time to answer the phone when it rings. Yeah. And I get all the business. Yep, totally. And there it is. Totally. So answer the door. Answer the phone. Answer the email. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And all think of things. lifetime value. That's answer the plug. chat message. Yes. Yeah. Answer, answer when they reach out to talk to you. I was just literally shopping HVAC and couldn't tell you how many of them either went to voicemail or... Couldn't talk to them, and then some went to answering services, which were less than stellar. Right. You know, and they're like, ah, oh, we don't really care. We don't really know what you have. And you're not, and you're not buying a forty dollar cigar. No. You're buying big money. Yeah, it's going to cost me. Yeah. Right. I don't even know what's wrong, and it smells weird. So like, I need I need some some advice. And there's only about I think one group that I called. This nice lady answered, and she was like, you yeah, know, sounds like this. I talked to my service manager. It might be this. We can't get out there till, till then. But you know, I'm like, okay, here's a place that I can trust. We yes. go back to. All those other places you're going to get. By the time they got back to me, I canceled all the appointments I had scheduled. You know? Yep, yep. So let me circle back around to this, the idea of beating David and Goliath. We've had some great takeaways here. Do you, do you have a particular way of going about that, a list, or like what's your how? How do you go about beating David? And yes, we should get the book. Yes. So maybe we should highlight some of those things. So David versus Goliath, how to compete and beat the online giant. 100 proven promotions for brick-and-mortar retailers. And again, this works not just for brick-and-mortar, right. not, certainly not for, for cigar stores, uh, but for any, anybody and, and to look at this. And it was when I wrote the book, I sent it to the editor, mm. and uh, they said, you have 96 um, things in here. Can you give me four more? <laughs> and I said, well, you're going to have to give me a month or so to do it because it's 100 proven promotions. Oh, yeah. Which means I not only have to come up with the idea, I actually have to do it and prove that it works. Smart. Because I can write a book, 1,000, that didn't work. Yeah. But nobody would want to read that book, right? So I, so I didn't do that. It's 100 proven promotions. But knowing I was going to be here, I said, let me jot down some of... Uh, the, you the, got a the couple best. highlights kind of yeah, thing? So yeah, so I, I did my, my, my six things in the book that I thought are, are, are good. Um, number six, on page 215, it's the after effect. People the hype effect. the before and during of any event and promotion, but the after effect, it's the time to show off and show them what they missed. Because what happens mm. there is the FOMO, fear of missing out in the future, an automatic buyer for the next time that promotion ends up happening. If you're showing that off, if you, if you keep it a secret how great it went, mm. uh, forget it. It goes away. So you, most people aren't taking the opportunity for the after effect. And it's very important, especially with social media out there. It's so easy to do. You take a couple pictures, you put it out there, and you can make your, your time look even better uh, in, a, in a photograph, right? You have a, uh, don't you have like once a year, you have some sort of like cigar party celebration? I do. And and I remember seeing those After Effect photos from that. I remember, not all, not the good ones probably, but I, I remember seeing uh, in, in some of the emails, 
I've seen some of those emails uh, where the photos, they look just like a blast, like a lot of fun. So isn't it odd that a, a guy that has a cigar store has an anniversary party? And I have an anniversary party for my anniversary of how long I've been in the cigar business, which tells everybody that I've been in the cigar business now 37 years, wow. and I have people coming from everywhere literally from around the world, to come celebrate my anniversary party along with my customers. And they buy a ticket, $250, to come to this anniversary dinner. I give away a giant prize. I've given away Rolls Royces, uh, tanker trucks of gasoline, um, a Hummer one year, uh, all kinds <laughs> of different different crazy Tan- things. Like a tanker trunk of gasoline? Gasoline, yeah. It was a big deal during the gas crisis uh, that happened years ago. Just I park think- it out front and just fuel up whenever yeah, you need it? it was a... <laughs> Tank a truck of gas. Love and, it. And lots of uh, promotion that ends up happening. So that is an annual event. And that is another thing that I have is creating annual events. Uh, and it makes it easy. So if you end up having five or six annual events, you put them in your calendar, and you, it's rinse and repeat. Once you have something that ends up working, you mm. just do it over and over. The stuff that didn't work, you don't do ever again. Maybe you try it again because you, you tweaked it and maybe it'll give another shot. But when you have a winner, you just rinse and repeat like it says in the bottle of yeah. shampoo, right? Rinse and repeat. Uh, so do that. And um, they're not only money makers, they're massive promotional things that people talk about before, during, and after. Right. Um, and trying to and sell 500. too, because I think some people yep. might just try to have it break even or whatnot. And, and at the beginning of it, you, you know, like any good business, each event is a business. Yep. And it takes three mm. years to, to uh, show a profit or to break even. By, by five years, you're starting to make um, profit on it. So okay. maybe in the early days. But the, the prizes in the early days were little teeny prizes because somebody says, I can't buy an automobile to give it away or a tank, a truck, or thing. My first event was a, bo- was a box of cereal. Hey. I gave away a box of Wheaties cereal, but the person on the box of Wheaties was Red Auerbach. Do you remember Red Auerbach? He was no. the he was the he was the coach and the president of the Boston Celtics. Oh, okay. It sounded familiar. He yeah. was the only one that was allowed to smoke at Boston Garden back in the day <laughs> that he would light a cigar when they were ahead. And it would almost be like saying to them, oh, it's over. It's over. <laughs> so that's what he did. And they allowed him to smoke all the way through. Wow. And he was a customer. And I hired him to show up at the anniversary party. And this was our eighth anniversary. We're at 37 now. And the prize, the grand prize, was a box of Wheaties cereal. Wow. And everybody's like, grand prize, a box of Wheaties cereal. And there it was on display for everybody to see. But in comes during the, the event, Red Auerbach. And he walks up to the box of cereal and he autographs it. Yeah, there and it is. And he came up and did a speech and is. all this. And it cost a lot more than the box of Wheaties cereal <laughs> because I had to get him. But he was a customer. He was a local guy. Right. And he ended up doing it. And it kind of helped put us on the map of these anniversary parties. So Okay. Yeah. Um, create a promotional calendar. So if you, if you don't write it down, you're not going to do it. You have to put these things down, write it down. I get a calendar in advance, an old-fashioned calendar, not even on, on there. And yep. I write it down. I move these things around and stuff. And I go, okay, this event is going to happen then. This event is going to happen then. You can see it a month in advance that it's there. You prepare for it so you're not at the last minute trying to okay. slap it together. Yeah. And by slapping it together, it never comes out really good. It's, everything's done way in advance of it. Um, and all these things, look for cooperative funds. Cooperative funds, many businesses don't even know this, that there are cooperative funds that exist out, out there, co-op, 
which means somebody that you buy from is willing to give you money to highlight their product. Mm -hmm. And they have this right on the books. And all you have to do is mention it to your sales rep or call the company up and say, are there any cooperative funds available? You're going to be surprised. And they're going to say, oh, we'll give you 50% for your advertising on TV or your um, Google ad or your Facebook ad or whatever um, if you ask. And it's there, and um, they say, wow, nobody's asked this in two years. You know, I call and ask, <laughs> and they say, wow, nobody's asked this in two years. And I said, do you have it? And they say, yes, we do. Wow. And here you go. What kind of companies have that? Most. Most? It's Most. like in the budget. And they, they're going to cooperate. Remember what cooperative means. It's yeah. two people. So if you're buying an ad that's, say, $5,000, they're going to pay $2,500. Yep. You're going to pay $2,500. Yep. But you're going to say, oh, come to Two Guys Smoke Shop and buy Brand X Cigar. We have it on stock. Uh, they're great cigars. There's the advertising mm. for them, but come to Two Guys Smoke Shop, and we put our ads together, and we have a $5,000 ad for $2,500. Yeah. I was going to advertise anyway. Right. So why not take the You're going to do it anyway. Right. And it only helps you having a na- another name mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And if it's somebody that you like doing business with and it's a good product, obviously you don't want to do it to a bad product with a bad reputation. Right. You want to connect yourself with somebody really good, right? Right. And then all of a sudden you look like, oh, my God, you must be tight with whatever it is. Mm. Um, also, what I want to do is bounce them back. When the customer comes in, I want them to have a reason to come back automatically, that they're actually forced to come back. And that could be a free gift certificate, so they spend um, $200 and they get a $20 gift certificate. I could give them wow. 10% off, yeah. and then instead of $200, they'd only give me $180. Or I could give, let them spend the $200 and give them a $20 gift certificate and guarantee that they are coming back because they're not going to throw it away. They're going to come back. They're going to spend another $200. They're sure. going to use their $20, and I got them back for a second time at the very least. So a lot of these promotions and events is to have not instant gratification. Yes, they are leaving with a gift certificate in their hand so they feel like they got something, mm-hmm. but they're not going to be able to use it until the next time. Guarantee they come back. And the best of all is what we're doing right here today. Yes. This is the podcast. Yes. And I set a podcast up in 2010 because my daughter told me, you need to get more on social media. And she set me up a Facebook page and whatever was going on at that time. And I would post something, and then she said, well, people are writing to you on here and asking you questions. And I said, well, I'm busy. Answer it for me. <laughs> and she said, well, I can't answer the questions. It's social media. You have to be sociable with them. Right. And I said, I'm busy. I can't be that guy on there all the time to yeah. do that. I said, you can't do it. And she said, I'm not the authority on the subject. You have to be. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, my God. So I go on there, and I do it, and I go, this is very time-consuming. I get a book. And it's about social media. So I'm going on some trip, and I'm reading this book, and I read about this new thing called podcasting. Right. And I said, wow, it's one directional. I get to say this thing, and it's on demand. People will listen to this over and over, and it stays there forever and ever. Yeah. I said, beautiful. I get to say it once, and I don't have to say the same thing over and over and over. It's there. So you can point other people, if they ask that same question, to the episode. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And then just point, point to there. If you... Um, properly write what the episode is about for somebody to find it. And there, there it is. So I start a show called The Cigar Authority. Okay. How dare I put my, <laughs> attach my name and say I am the authority on the subject. But some marketing person that I trust, I know and trust, 
I said, he told me, you have to do this. You have to put yourself out there as the authority. You know all about the subject. Please do this. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, it's going to be a little of, you know. Right. Do I actually am, yeah, know am everything? I, am I this, the authority? Right. I did it. And not only did it help my business, it actually turned me into the authority on the subject. In order to get ready for a show like you do, you had to learn about me. Right. I have to learn about whatever I'm talking about that episode. Oh, yeah. And I get more educated and more educated. I get better at, at speaking, public speaking. Podcasting helped me out so much. It was unbelievable on a personal level. Right. Going back in time, buying advertising on radio and TV, that costs a lot of money. I have my own TV show. It's on yep. YouTube. It's called there The it Cigar is. Authority. There it is. I have my own show on podcasts, on audio like radio. It's called The Cigar, Cigar Authority. Authority. Yep. And I promote and I show all my goods to the people that, that will listen. I try to help them out. I give them um, education, information. We have fun. They, have, they know me now. They like me. They trust me. And I will provide for them. And they, it, it, it has been the single biggest thing that I ever did in my, in my career of all the marketing compulsion I ever did with podcasting. It is such a winner, and somebody out there, if you own a business and you are not doing a podcast, maybe you're shy to do it. It will make you less shy. It's something you should do for yourself anyway, or maybe there's somebody in your organization that should do it, but mm -hmm. shame on you if you are not taking advantage of a platform like podcasting right. where you can promote and show your products and goods. Uh, here it is. It's sitting there, and you don't take advantage of it. Uh, it's crazy. Now, I know it's a lot of work. And you're all, you're all busy, so you need somebody like Ringmaster, you, hey. you, uh, somebody to end up doing it for, which is great. If it existed in 2010, I promise you, I would have done I it. I would have too, yeah. I wouldn't have done it myself. Yep, but I, I had to do it because it didn't exist, so therefore, we continued to do it. But imagine you could go somewhere, do it, and they, and they do all the back end that always changes for you too. So if you, if you can't do it for yourself... Have somebody else do it for you, but oh my God, if, there, if there's a say, there's a hundred proven promotions, podcasting is in there also. Oh yeah, which but, number? Which number I, is it? I don't, um, do I, did I have it here? I don't number know. Number one. Number one. It is my it is my number one. Isn't there's no doubt totally. about it. So uh, it, it is slam dunk the the winner of all. But there's so many things. I I don't know your business, the person that's list, listening uh, there, but. If you go through a book, how you have to read a book like this, which is you can turn to any page. You don't totally. have to go in order. Yep. And you look at the, your business, not, you know, I'll, in here I'll say, okay, a, a, um, a bakery ran a promotion where they did this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. You're not a bakery. You're, you're um, a clothing place. Well, put yourself in the clothing and say, okay, it's me as the clothing person. You know, obviously, for me, these things were done at a cigar shop. Right. At a cigar shop, by the way, it's the toughest business of all because yeah. they won't even let us advertise I'm, anymore. Let's get into that. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why I was so fascinated to talk to you is because it is such a hard business. It is so regulated. You do have silly states like Massachusetts yeah. and others that just are just crazy. And so it's not, it, you know, and sometimes you hear, hear about this, a lot of folks listening might be in the financial space and they've yeah. got some regulations, but nothing like sort of this tobacco industry type of regulation that, that persists. So, so talk to me about how you're using these techniques with almost like you're on the back foot, you know, you, you've got everyone out against you, regulations, competitors, and now you're using these techniques. So 
one out of a thousand people use the product I sell. One out of a thousand. Talk about a niche product to begin with. And then yeah. it's tobacco. Most people hate it and have this misconception of you get cancer from it and all this stuff. And this isn't a show to, to make that <laughs> argument, but we're talking about cigars. We're not talking about cigarettes. Uh, we don't sell cigarettes. There's a it's difference. A, yeah, it's a big yeah. difference, yeah. but let's not get into that totally. right now. But it is perceived that way. And... This, Perception can be reality for yes. a lot of people, right? So all of a sudden, back in the day, the newspapers stopped taking our ads. Not for any reason, because they felt obligated that they shouldn't be taking the ads. Mm -hmm. um, Google and YouTube never would accept our ads. Really? Facebook never. Really? Um, you know, we, we have a big show, and we are not allowed to monetize our show on YouTube. Um, they put commercials on there, and they keep all the money for themselves. No shit. But they won't give any to Dude, us. YouTube. Um, and so there, there is no place to advertise our business, so we get creative. And I'll tell you one thing I created. We have our own beef jerky. Okay. So why, did, why does Two Guys Smoke Shop have beef jerky? Right. How, how can that help us in any way? That All we sell at Two Guys Smoke Shop is cigars and beef jerky. <laughs> what the hell is with that? Because it's two guys smoke shop beef jerky. And that could be perceived as a smoked meat oh, shop. So, so here's this product out there, two guys smoke shop beef jerky that's going to take you to twoguyscigars.com <laughs> because we are two guys smoke shop. And we have to get creative and find You're ways smoking around. meats. There we go. And we Smoke have it, meats. and it's for sale. Do I care if anybody happens to be very good, by the way? Uh, I love a good jerky. Yep. There we go. Do you have the teriyaki? We, we don't. We have cilantro. Can I put a cilantro. request in for that we, kind? We also have a bacon jerky. Bacon jerky? Good. Which, which is a very hot, spicy, very good. We had somebody make it for us in uh, Wait, South Carolina. Wait, cilantro jerky? What is that? Cilantro. So is, what's that? Uh, we'll have to get some. Oh, you, you, I'll set you up before you leave. All right. Um, so, but, but what is the reason for that? Like somebody will say beef jerky, they come in, you have beef jerky, by the way, it sells. And when I somebody get, buys it, they, hey. they buy it over and over again because it's really good, but that isn't the reason for yeah. it. It is marketing. There's mm. a, there's a two guys beef jerky so that I can market two guys smoke shop because <laughs> I can't market the cigars. Oh, the secret's so, out. Oh yeah. Don't tell YouTube. But th this is for you guys. This is because you listen to this show. Um, talk about hardcore. It's, That's uh, it. Yeah. That's it. You've got to figure out the ways around figure it. Figure out the ways. And whatever your business is, you have to figure the way around what it is of your competitor. Whoever your competitor is, if Amazon is your competitor... As big as they are, what are they doing wrong? Yeah. What, what, what can't they do? In order for them to make a change, it's like a big giant boat trying to make a turn. And you're in a little rowboat. You can turn like crazy. Yeah. You can't go as fast as them, but you can turn and, and make a change like, right. like that. Like a little sexy kayak. You right. know, just doing that thing down the river. Boom. Yeah. You're right. The, the big boats, big companies, man, even medium size or even small companies you get established you got process and procedure so you gotta have a hundred meetings and yeah, you gotta go meetings. you gotta go through whatever you gotta go yeah. through where you the smallest entrepreneur boy we can we can just maneuver through and we can right. make those moves take a little bit of a chance take and right. do it swing a little bit you know right uh, you know too many people of i'm not going to take a chance i'm not going to take a chance you right. never hit a home run unless you're swinging hard right, right. you can't you can't you know not swing yourself into a home run. Right. You can't even get on base. Well, I guess technically you can. Yes, you can. You can get on base. Uh, <laughs> get into the money ball at that point. Right, right. Um, <laughs> cool. So uh, just kind of 
following up on that podcast thing, I'm obviously biased because I love podcasts. They they kind of helped me turn my business around, um, turn myself around as a as a business leader too. What makes it such a slam dunk uh, for your business? Like, what connect the dots? I know you love it, you enjoy it, you're learning from it. What is it doing? Is it promoting? It's direct target marketing. Okay. So it's called the Cigar Authority. If you're not into cigars and you end up searching on YouTube or you're searching on, on your podcast catcher and you're looking at all these different shows and you're not into cigars and you saw the Cigar Authority, you're probably not going to click onto it. Nor do I want you to click onto yeah. it because what, what, what was the sense, yeah, right? Save me the spend. But everybody that does... That everybody that listens to the Cigar Authority likes cigars, and I get to talk to those people, direct target market, the exact person that's interested mm. in what they do. What I do is sell cigars, and they want to hear about it. So what greater thing? I could be in an arena. Remember, one out of a 1,000 people use my product. So I'm in an arena with 15,000 people. 15 of them <laughs> could possibly be a customer. What do I want to go rent out Boston Garden and talk to 15,000 people about my product when only 15 of them are possibly clients, could be possibly clients? You know, marketers do this all the time, though. We, we are totally guilty of this. We broadcast these ads and billboards and... All sorts of things, only to not really think that, you know, our numbers probably aren't that much different than yours, right? If I'm talking to a whole bunch of people, there's probably only a set amount. So how can we reach those people? Right. Where are right. those people? Right. And screw and everyone else, really. So we, we have a lot of advertisements on our show. Okay. And it is the cigar companies that want to advertise on my show. You can advertise on Joe Rogan and pay a fortune to be on his show. Right. But one out of a thousand people that listen to his show are cigar smokers. Or you can listen to the cigar, advertise on the Cigar Authority where a thousand out of a thousand people. Mm. So it's the exact person that you want to end up getting. And I don't care what your business is. You're going to get the exact people that are interested in it. By the way, your show has to be good. It has to be informative. It has to be good. You have to be, you gotta, you got to get good at this. you got to right. spend time. You can't just, oh, I'm going to do a show and wing it. Right. You did your homework right. before you even came to end up seeing me. Right. I did my homework before I even ha agreed to go do an interview, so I, I know what I want to talk That's about. Right. You, so it's somewhat informative, and, yeah. and somebody is going to stay on more than three minutes and say, okay, I had enough of this guy. He's, right. not, he's not giving me anything. Right. So we're providing valuable information. If you listen to what I say and you do anything that I end up saying, yeah. you're going to end up making money and it work for you. So here it is, a free show that you end up getting some information on and you do it and it's right. worthwhile. For your hour that you spent here, your time is valuable too mm -hmm. and our time is valuable also. Why would I want to talk to a thousand people that none of them smoke cigars mm -hmm. and never will and I'm going to, and I'm going to promote myself over and over and over to these people that have nothing, that, that don't care about the product right. that I talk about. And that's just when they say, I'm just putting these wild um, ads out there and, you know, whatever, who's ever going to catch it? And then they'll come, come back and say, 0.3. I got a, a 0.3 sales on that. That's pretty good, right? Well, it's horrible. True. It's, it's 0.3. 0.3. Is that 0.3% or is that like even 3%? It, it's 0.3%. 0.3, right? Yeah. Three out of 1,000. Yeah, or something. No, three, Math is three, out, three out of a hundred of, of, of a percent right. um, would be, no, 0. 0.3. A point third three. of a person out of a hundred, right? Right, right. So it would be really one-tenth. 0.01 is the real number of what it is, but I did really good and got 0. 0.3. When 
I can find advertising or figure out, okay, I got a better shot if, uh, let's say I can't get a list of cigar smokers, which you can't. No. You get smokers, but that's no good because a cigarette smoker and a cigar smoker is a totally different world. Um, But I want to get the majority of males, 40 and over, um, and then start narrowing in that like hunting or like right. golfing, and you start getting into it. Now you're going to get a, a maybe a one point return on it, mm. or cigar smokers that listen to cigar smoker smoking podcasts. That's what it is. Now, whatever business that they're in, maybe they see. You know what a cigar smoker is? It's somebody with disposable income. Because cigar smoking, unlike cigarettes, is not an addictive product. Hmm. We do this because we want to. Here we are burning $10 bills right now. And that's because we can and we choose to do it. So we have disposable income, right? We actually lit it on fire. Literally. Crazy. We did. So (laughs) do you have a business that would be, that you would want people with disposable income to know about your business. And if that's right. the case, you should advertise on the Cigar Authority if I had any advertisement, but I don't because I'm sold out. Sold but let's say, out. let's say I did, it would be a great place to advertise your product right. because it would be niched into somebody with disposable income. Let's say that you sold jewelry, which is disposable income. Nobody mm-hmm. needs to have jewelry. Right. Uh, um, Rolex watch. A Rolex watch would be a good advertisement on the Cigar Authority for Rolex mm-hmm. because my customers burn money, literally. Right, right. Well, and they, va- they value, you know, they value the things That's that correct. come from that. I mean, it's, they, the, they have the funds to do, and then they value the experience. scotches, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- things like but that. This tells me you know your audience, right? So when, yes. you, when it comes down to it, not only do you know where they're at, or you're creating a place for them to be at, but then you, you understand more about them beyond meet what meets the eye. Um, th- that said, we could talk all day about you know, n- niching down and all sorts of things, but I would love to shift just a little bit and, and ask you this question. I've been dying to ask you. Who are you? Who are you? Dave, take me back in time. Oh, boy. Little Dave. Growing up, did you know you are going to be the Cigar Authority? No, no. Uh, I, I was an entrepreneur my whole life. Okay. Um, when I was in high school, I got a job... Um, in school vacation because the lady working at the local diner uh, was going to take her kid to Disney or something and said, can, okay. I, can I fill in? And I said, sure. On the third day, it was a five-day job to have. On the third day, I bought the restaurant from the guy at the diner. Really? And <laughs> he was miserable, and he was very unhappy being there. He inherited it from his oh, so mother. So wait, you took over from just uh, someone who was working at the diner? Yes, and she needed a little vacay break. And yep. So you're, you're going to sub in. School vacation. So I'm on school vacation too. Okay. Well, you, said, was well, it like short or cook in the back? Or what you yep. Do well, tables? The gopher, run around do and whatever. coffee okay. and whatever. It was an old cable car diner. Oh, Medford, cool. Massachusetts. Okay. Like a cable car. Yes. Like, oh, wow. That's yep. cool. And you know, what was hot at the time was um, um, happy days. Yep. And there was the diner and stuff. And I said, okay. And I go there the first day and I said, I don't know how to do anything. And he says, just fill the coffees up. Bring them to the place I do. Yep. Okay. Get, put the toast in the toast or whatever yeah. and running around like a nut. And he's yelling and, and um, he, he's miserable. And I say to him, um, you know, wow, you're so unhappy being here. Um, why don't you go work somewhere else? He said, I own the place. And I said, well, you should sell it and you should go work somewhere else. On the third day, I say it to him again. And he says, where am I going to go? And 
I'm, I'm 17 years old, 18 years old. Wow. And I said, well, you should go somewhere where you can be happy because the rest of your life you're going to be miserable like this. Yeah. And you should go somewhere else. And he says, what should I, um, who would ever buy this place? And I said, I would. Wow. And he said, you're interested in buying this? And I said, yeah. He said, well, how much is it worth? And I said, how much do you make a year? Right. And whatever number it was, let's say it was $20,000. I'm talking 1978. Yeah. I make $20,000 a year. I said, it's worth two and a half times what you make. Wow. So it's worth $50,000. And he said, I'd take that. And I said, I'll give it to you. And he said, are you serious? And I said, yeah. 17-year-old <laughs> kid? Yeah. Let's go. I, so he said, you'll give me $50,000 for this. He says, it's a deal. Are you serious? And I said, yeah, I'm serious. Hmm. And he says, oh, my God, let's do this. And I said, there's one problem. And he said, what's that? And I said, I don't have any I don't money. Have, I don't have $50,000. I don't have anything. <laughs> so he says, why would you say this to me? And what are you doing? He says, I got, got all excited. I, I said, I have a plan. Okay. And he says, what's the plan? I said, you make right now about $400 a week. Yep. So what I'll do, $20,000? I don't know if my numbers are correct. Yeah, a little math. Uh, um, yeah, maybe it's $400 a week. I will give you $1,000 a week, which is two and a half times what you're getting now. Uh -huh. And I'll give it to you every week for 50 weeks. Okay. If I miss any payment during that time, you take it back. So you hope I miss Holy after shit. 47 weeks <laughs> because you got all the money and I take it back, but I'll never miss a payment. Right. And at the end of 50 weeks, I own it and you leave. But you don't even come at all. You take the next either 50 weeks off or you go find another job. Because so he doesn't have to work there. He doesn't have to work there. Wow. So he's going to have the year off and he's going to pay two and a half times what he would have got paid, which Perfect. is what he wanted to sell it for. Perfect so now deal. he said, okay, let's do it. So I go home. And my mother said, how was it work today? I said, good, I bought the place. <laughs> and she's, she laughs at me, and the doorbell rings five minutes later. And she sees the guy at the door and says, what's going on? She says, I'm seeing Dave. He's buying the place. My mother yells to my father, John, <laughs> Dave's up to something. I don't know what's going on. So uh, he comes. I get a carbon piece of paper. Back in the day, you put the black piece in between the two yep. white pieces of paper, and I write a contract. This is the contract. And I said, I can't take over till May. And he said, why is that? I said, I'm still in school. <laughs> high school, right? High point? school. Cheers. So I said, the day I get out of high school, I'll take over. In, the, in between now and then, I would like to come after school for free mm -hmm. so you can teach me how to cook because I don't know how to cook. Right. And it's a diner. <laughs> I have to learn. And he said, you want to work for free? And I said, yeah. He wow. said, okay. So from April school vacation through May... I learned how to cook, peel Jeez. potatoes, cut onions, and Jeez. price things and whatever. And I ended up buying the restaurant from him. Had it for three and a half years, moved on to another business, moved on to another business. Well, got a cigar a shop in between. So you, you had that business for how many? Three and a half years. And then you sold it to someone else? Or sold you just it to someone in? else. No kidding. Yeah. Did you kind of flip it a little bit? You made it a little bit made, more profitable? I, I grew the business dramatically yeah. because I, I realized he was miserable. Therefore, his customer service was horrible. And oh, uh, right. turn, turn the place around. He could give a shit if you liked your right. omelet. <laughs> oh, but he was miserable. And, and he was a happier person after. Yeah, it was a win-win situation. And you could just see it. Imagine him still being there today. I mean, oh, his, his life would, would have be. been ruined. He'd still be there today. So uh, it ends up working out. And, and 
young Dave was an entrepreneur. He didn't know what it was going to be. And uh, on all the different businesses I tried, when I found the cigar business, actually, I liked the product to begin with. Yeah. I loved the customer. And it was such a niche. And the person literally came in, gave them the money, gave me their money, yeah. took the product that they bought from me, lit it on fire, and came back and bought more. So what a be better product. There's no returns. There's no nothing. They actually let it on fire. I said, that's pretty good. And it's like a restaurant, but you don't have to actually cook the cigar. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So I, I learned to scale it. We, we ended up opening uh, three cigar shops. Wow. And uh, it's 37 years in the same business, but many businesses in between. And little things that happen in between. I have a little bit of a real estate business. I have the podcast studio. Sure. I have another business of mine. I, I call it a business because it is highly profitable, which is the podcast itself. Right. It does market for a two-guy smoke shop, but it's in by itself. It's a, it's a business of its, its own. Yes. What about the cigar industry and this particular kind of business made you see it and stick, right? Because I've experienced that too where you try out different companies and have a lot of fun here and there. But something about cigars made you stop flipping diners and, and stick with it. it. It's an interesting industry because anybody who's ever got out of this industry got back in. Really? So they say it goes in your blood or something ends up happening to it because you sell out. I've never sold out, but I, I have friends in the industry that sold out, and a few years go by, and the next thing you know, they can't stand it, and they get back, back in. in. It's a very personal business that mm. you get personal with the customer, the manufacturers, the people that make the cigars. It's, it's not like big, giant corporations. It's right. mom-and-pop farmers, okay. mom-and-pop cigar manufacturers, to mom-and-pop retailers, to mom-and-pop to mom and pop buying the cigars from you. So uh, that's the great thing about it. Um, once I got into that, I said, okay, this is it. I found it. Right. Because the different businesses I tried along the way. Um, but business is business. Selling bacon and eggs and selling cigars and selling um, myself. Uh, it's all the same. And it's, I'm a strong believer on customer service and providing ultimate customer service if possible. And ultimate customer service, as I said earlier, it does not have to be unbelievable. Just shine it up a little bit nowadays. In the 80s, in the 70s, I had to shine a lot because <laughs> everybody was pretty good at this time. Right. Nowadays, the bar is low and it's easy to shine wow. and the competition is weak. And I don't care what industry... I go to, it, se it seems to be the same. So um, there's really no excuse for the people out there. Just shine it up. Uh, the employees, if you have just employees that are listening over there, uh, it's out there. Answer the door. Mm. The, ring, the doorbell's ringing. Answer the phone. The phone yep. Put a smile on your face. I used to have little smiley faces on the phone for my employees <laughs> to pick it up to remind them to like smile that. when they pick the phone up because people can hear the smile on the other side of the phone. And it's true. And... You decide when you walk, when you got up this morning. Do you want to be miserable today, or do you want to be happy today? Hmm. Try to come in and be happy, right. and enjoy your life. And it makes truly, you know, I'm, I'm a workaholic. I work every sure. single day, but I do it because I love it, and I I love it because I created that around me that it's not miserable to come to work. It's actually fun. And you enjoy it. You know, the, the yeah. kid that was painting the, the fence, right? Yeah, totally. So Enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. So that's a big part of it. So my next question, and I'll do a dramatic pause and I'll relight my cigar. There we go. Is, uh, it's a bit of a hypothetical question. You may have heard of this question. Uh, let's say I have a time machine over in Nashua. Yes. Right? Do a little 30-minute drive, come visit, get some beers. We use a time machine. Yes. Uh, and 
it's a particular kind of time machine because you go back in time and you get to meet yourself early 20s. Maybe you, right in the middle of that diner experience. Yep. You get to meet that version of you, right? And you can talk to yourself. You have a conversation. Light up a cigar together. What kind of advice are you going to give yourself? What kind of things would you tell yourself? Well, I, I, I did very blessed. I mean, I, I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but those mistakes were very learned mistakes. And I learned when I had, uh, I made major learning experiences happen to me um, for very little money because I didn't mm. have much money. And it's better to learn on low money than if I make that mistake today, it could be very, very costly. So those mistakes were great. Yeah. But <laughs> one of the mistakes that slowed me down because I could have been to this level a lot faster if every once in a while I gave up control a little bit, delegated. At the beginning, young Dave did not delegate. He did everything himself. He right. did everything. Flip the pancake. Everything. Pour in the coffee. You know, yeah. it, it, was a, uh, it was a man that came to, to see me. My God, I must have been at least 20 years already in the business. So this okay. is only maybe 17 years ago. So uh, it took a long time to figure it out. But this man came to me and he said, can I talk to you when you get a chance? And it was near Christmas time. And I was running around in the store waiting on customers, running around like a nut. Yeah. And he said, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay, what's the matter? I thought there was something wrong with him. So I go sit with him and I said, is everything all right? And he goes, no, everything isn't all right. <laughs> he said, you are the most overpaid sales guy I ever, I've ever met. He says, you run around like a friggin' nut. You're waiting on every single customer. Let them do it. He says, do me a favor, go in your office and open another store. Work on your business, not in your business. He says, get another store going. He, this guy owned 12 Wendy's hamburger um, wow. outlets. Okay. And Never said, frozen. Yep. And he said, nobody makes a burger better than me. He says, you can take pictures of my fries when I make them. It's wow. unbelievable. He says, but I don't flip the burgers anymore and I don't make the fries because I got 12 of them. Right. Please go in the office after the Christmas season is over and start working on the business. And I said, okay. And very, very tough for me to give, okay, the customer's going to come in. You make sure you're going to look them in the eye and you're going to say thank you when they leave and you're right. going to do all you this. Gotta, like, and, train I'm, them. and I'm not going to yeah. be there, right? Right. And delegate that to them, which I did. And then I opened store number two. Then I opened store number three. Mm. And I grew dramatically the last 10 years, dramatically. And I could have done this day one, mm -hmm. but I couldn't because I wanted to be operating at a 100% level when 80% level is much better than my competition anyway, and I got three going at 80. Three going at 80 is better than two, and you can't do two mm -hmm. at the same time. So delegation, and you know something, to be honest with you, some of my employees do some of these jobs better than I could. Right. But I didn't know that. You, and you wouldn't until the, you didn't have a chance to know correct. that. Correct. Yeah. Right. So it was a major, major flaw on my part. I just thought I could do it better than everybody else, and it's not true. Right. And delegation is very, very important, especially if you want to scale. Yeah, and, and teaching people and giving them the opportunity and mm. training them, uh, yeah. helping grow the people to grow into those positions, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Man, this, is, this has been fantastic. I don't even know what time it is. I think it might be... Hours later, um, I do actually know exactly what time it is because uh, I'm staring at it in this amazing studio you have. Um, wow. So it, it took a little bit of time, but each one of those things was an experiment along the way. 
and and all 100 of these things have been proven. Yes. Can you shout out the book? Where can people connect with you? Where do you want them to talk, say hi, all that jazz? So this is David versus Goliath, how to compete and beat the online giant, 100 proven promotions for brick-and-mortar retailers, but it works for everybody. David Garofalo is my name. You can go to davidgarofalo.com. Nice. To get the book, or you can go on Amazon, which is the funniest thing that Amazon uh, sells this book, which I'm trying to teach people how to compete against Amazon. Right. Barnes and Noble carries it, and all the book dealers carry it. But I make more money if you go to davidgarofalo.com nice. and nice. get it because Amazon gets a piece. But sometimes they actually sell it cheaper than me. So if you can get it cheaper, hey. listen, <laughs> whatever works for you. Um, and uh, it was fun to do. I did this because there was a podcaster in the studio that um, talked about writing books. And one of them was an author, and the other two Smart. ladies um, did, were going to write a book. And they did a podcast here for a couple of years, and the book still didn't come out. Mm. And I talked to them. I go, weren't you writing a book? And they said, yeah, I'm still working on it. I said, how long does it take to write a book? And they said, well, it takes a long time. I said, how many words are in a book? I asked a few questions of it. I said, I'm going to go write a book, mm -hmm. but it's not going to take forever. Right. I can do it in 30 days or less. Really? And it was near Thanksgiving. It was about this time of year. And um, I went in the office, and in between my regular work day, I wrote a book. Mm. And wow. I sent it to a... Um, lady to have it um, not proofread what do they call that like editing edited yeah all that and she gave me a price for the editing okay and then she called me back the next day and said i need to charge you 250 dollars more because it was terrible you <laughs> need a lot of editing because <laughs> i'm not a writer 250 is not so i said i laughed and i said okay here you go yeah and um i had the book done in 30 days wow. and it would it took maybe about four months to get published okay and then uh when, before it was published, while well, was I printed it out okay. um, on paper and put it together, and I gave it to my mother and my wife for Christmas. And she said, they, they said, what's this? And I said, I wrote a book. And they said, when? Because I'm working all the time. How did I do it? Right. But then when the book was done, I brought it to the girl that was doing the podcast. I said, here you go. I did a book. Now, <laughs> please do your book. Please do yours. Yeah. And... Um, COVID came, and the podcast went away, but when her book came out, she came by here and dropped the book off to me, so she did do it. Wow. Sometimes it needs a little push and motivation, which is what I was trying to do for her. Right. But what I did from this is I only told the stories of each promotion, how to do it, how to accomplish it and do it, and how to start making money and provide ultimate customer service within your store. Love it. No matter if that store is online or the yeah. store is is um, right in a, as a brick and mortar, but you can compete against the big guy. The big guy could be the competitor down the street. You just can't play the same exact game they do. You gotta right. you gotta push forward the stuff you can provide better than they can do, and that's what makes you shine. You know, I've written a book, and my book took uh, a year to write and a year with working with a publisher to get it live. So. I love hearing this story because this challenges even me. Yes. So I've got my next one in the works, but I want to make sure I end up like you and not like the yeah. other person. Uh, and, and I think maybe it was the enemy, you know, the, the perfection is the enemy of execution, yes. right? Where I'm trying to make it perfect when I just need to get that thing out. And that goes for podcasting. What I say to podcasters, you can't improve your podcast until you begin. 
Mm. And everybody hates their mm-hmm. first show and the second show. And get, <laughs> but as they go on, they get better and better and better, or you get more accepting of, of what we are. I think it's know. that one, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it is. And is, is this perfect? Well, the poor lady had to pay, had to work extra to clean it up. Sure. Um, but as you hear I'm talking, this is how this book reads. Mm. You, you'll hear my voice in it. And it, it is, the, the whole idea is, for you to learn and make money from this. Yeah. Not for you to take a quote out of there and say, oh, my God, that is so spiritual. That <laughs> quote that you wrote, this is the wrong book for that. This is right. how to make, make a promotion within your store and, and yeah. ring the register, right? Right. Um, the other day, um, over here in New Hampshire, uh, I'll give you a good example of somebody was saying to me, um, they have a product that doesn't sell well. Let's, let's go to a cigar. It wasn't a cigar, but let's just say it not to um, for them to... Um, you know, call them out basically. Sure. Um, they got a cigar, it's not selling well, they're going to lower the price and cut it in half and lose money mm. selling selling the product. Does it sound like a plan? No. I said, not, not a good way to run your business because not only do you lose money on that sale, that customer who you would have made money on, you didn't get any profit from him either right. and you sold the product at less than cost. So here's a $10 cigar, you ended up selling that $10 cigar for $5. And finally, you got rid of them, and you mm-hmm. lost money on every single one you, you sold. Or you could say, buy two of these cigars, get a chance to win a billion dollars. <laughs> and there's the marquee outside, buy two cigars, get a chance to win a billion dollars. How do you do that? <laughs> How do you do that? So the lottery here in New Hampshire yeah. the other day, um, Powerball was a billion dollars. Oh, I see. And it costs $2 to buy that lottery ticket. <laughs> so you go to the store and you buy 100 of them, and you put them in a bowl, and the marquee says, buy two cigars, get a chance to win a billion dollars. They go up, they walk in the <laughs> store, they see the big bowl of lottery tickets, and they see the cigars next to it. You're telling them in advance of what it is, yeah. and they buy two of those cigars for $10 a piece. You yeah. bring up 20 and you gave them one of the lottery tickets. You made it fun. Yeah. You sold the tickets, at, the cigars at full value, of it, you ended up giving away two dollars instead of five dollars for each cigar, each which is ten dollars. Ten dollars is two dollars. And believe me, the conversation is going to happen oh, at their yeah. house. They're all going to talk about you. And there's a possible chance, how minute it is, <laughs> but this this person wins a billion dollars. It's true. It's true. How great is that, right? Yeah. So that's in here. All things like that, that, that you don't have to give it so away. Smart. You get creative. You have fun with it. The customer will love it. You will make more money. It's a win-win situation all the time. You got to get creative. If you're not the creative mind, here's 100 of them. But you get them and you tweak them. And you, yeah. you, this gives you a good idea. A yep. Change them up. Do whatever you got to do. Man, love it. Dave, thank you so much for, for bringing me over here. I was going to say coming oh. on here, but bringing me over here. And just in sharing all this with, with me, I, this is the first time I've, I've gotten page and a half of notes. I, I never allow that to happen, but I ran out of space. I learned so much from you today. The stories, the, talking about the lighters and, and, and how, the, I mean, that's such a metaphor for not only lighters, but then also the things we're selling and selling versus helping. So many good lessons in here. So thank you very much. Oh, thank, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I love marketing. I love marketing, promotion. I love the stuff you love. Thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you. Well, you know, with that, those listening, if you have learned something, and I freaking know you have because I do literally have, and I always hold these up, Dave, because I feel like people they don't think believe I don't believe me. Yeah. You know? So I always hold them up. I literally have a page and a half 
well, I guess you can call that two and a half or something. I don't know. I have a lot of notes here. And so if you, like me, learned a lot from this, then share this episode with someone else. One person, nine people, even 3,000 people. That would be cool. Uh, but what it is, it's that's thought leadership. And we're all trying to grow careers, and nothing grows your career like thought leadership. So with that, Dave, thank you again. Thank you. All right, man. All right, everybody, this has been another exciting, but in this case, different episode of the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will see you all next time. 